a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Rival Insiders. Yes, it's a new deal here at kslsports.com, KSL Sports YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, the kslsports.com College Insiders. It's Harper, myself, covering BYU, and Michelle Bodkin, covering the Utah Utes. We're going to be talking every Tuesday here at noon on all the KSL Sports social platforms. Michelle, football season's here. This could be a lot of fun. It's your first year with KSL, my third or fourth now, actually. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're, I'm, like, I'm excited. It, it, you know what? Kind of, It's like the best worst time to try and jump in and do something new because it's such a big season and there's so many expectations. And being like the noob, trying to learn their way through like a new deal, a little stressful, but at the same time, like what a great launching point too. So hopefully it goes well, both on my end and Utah's end uh, and BYU's end, because I honestly, I love it when things go well in the state. I just think there's such a buzz when everybody's doing well. And I, I really do enjoy that. Great point. And, and we will be talking college football throughout every Tuesday here and we're going to have some insider conversation about the teams we cover some banter I'm sure we'll have that but we'll also talk college football too every single week here on the program and they'll be available on the podcast feeds Crimson Corner and Cougar Tracks which is available on the KSL Sports app this is a big year for college football so we got to roll out the the uh, a, a bunch of great t- content here on KSL Sports. Michelle, you're going to be in Gainesville. We'll be talking about that Utah-Florida game coming up, and then BYU-South Florida. I'll be there in Tampa, and we'll have some college football picks. We're going to have some banter about these games, and then also we got to recap the offseason that was, though, Michelle, and this was an eventful one. Both teams have high expectations. They're coming in with preseason top 25 rankings, but uh, uh, conference realignment surfaced again, too. It's been it's been a wild offseason. What a year you picked to, to come in on, on KSL's team. Oh, I know. It would only happen to me. <laughs> like That's truly how I feel. Uh, it's it's just, it's not, it's not exciting unless I come in and make things interesting. And that's exactly what happened. I thought I was going to get away scot-free. And then July rolled around and conference realignment said, not so fast, my friend. So pulled a leaf or so on me. <laughs> what what do you think of all this? I mean, B- 
BYU's going to the Big 12. They're they're going to be there in, in in 2023. And honestly, you know, I was talking with uh, Unrivaled on on KSL Sports Zone, and and this was like last week, and they were asking me, is is BYU kind of feeling down and out about how things are shifting underneath them? And like, yeah, maybe it is, but I think BYU kind of knows that. You know, as we're seeing in national headlines this past weekend, like BYU is polarizing. We just are. And uh, some of the stuff that we're seeing this past weekend or one of the things or one of the reasons why BYU has been an entity that, you know, some power leagues have always been hesitant. Uh, Faith-based institutions just cause it. So I think that what I'm getting at is that BYU is okay. Like they're happy being in the Big 12 Conference. Pac-12, seeing USC and UCLA going to the Big 10 in 2024 you know, I personally think from my vantage point, I'm curious to get your more your thoughts, Michelle. You cover the Utes, but I feel like Utah could honestly be the best product on a football standpoint in a revamped Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it looks like. It could be one of the best football brands in the league. Mm-hmm. I think that might be their best option going forward instead of jump and ship. What do you think? It's it's Everything I've heard, at least in the here and now, the plan is to stick with the Pac-10. It sounds like all the schools are dedicated towards sticking it out, maybe finding a team or two to add to it, uh, just to kind of bolster it up a little bit, replace USC and UCLA. And granted, like, I mean, brand power wise, you can't really replace that. But just to have two more teams in the league that you can play. Uh, I think will be a big deal. And yeah, I, I mean, Utah is kind of on their way to being the name, one of the name brands in that league. And granted it's, it's a very new, new thing. Uh, you know, this is more of like a, a, like up and coming Clemson type of thing. I'm not saying that they've been a power team forever and ever and ever. Like this is, this is very new. Um, kind of well-deserved. This has kind of been 20 years in the making for Utah, but like, I think it's finally starting. They're finding, finally starting to find a grasp on that position. Uh, so, you know, regardless of whether USC or UCLA were going to stay, I think it was happening for Utah anyways. It certainly clears the path. It makes it a little bit easier. Uh, you know, those two teams are sleeping giants just with the brand recognition and, uh, you know, all all it takes is a good coaching staff and and an admin to come in and really kind of turn things around because people want to go there, and and deservedly so. So you know, I for the here and now, I I think Utah staying there. That's kind of the indication I've gotten. Uh, you know, conference realignment is always really interesting in that things change really quickly. And what I'm saying today could be totally invalid tomorrow, uh, depending on what people choose to do. So we'll just kind of hang in there and see. Yeah. I think that realignment is volatile as someone who, that's, what's kind of crazy in in this world right now, Michelle, I'm not going to lie, like to think, okay, BYU has been the team that's always been dealing with realignment. Like I swear I've dealt with, People retweeting Greg Swaim and Tuxedo Yoda. And I'm like, will you please stop? Like This was 2010, 2011. I'm like, just stop doing this. this you're going to just make yourselves crazy. Now I'm seeing like Utah fans and, yeah. and Pac-10, Pac-12 people looking at it. I'm like, this is bizarro land. Like this is just such a weird, weird world where BYU feels stable with their situation. Yes, the Big 12 is nowhere near 
the Big Ten and SEC. And it's not going to be. They're playing for third string at best. Uh, but I, I do think that, uh, you know, maybe one day we're seeing Utah and BYU maybe in, in the same league maybe one day. I, as crazy as that sounds, I, I do think the Pac-10's got to stay intact as as long as they can, I think, with Washington Oregon. But I think any school, BYU, Utah, Oklahoma State, Washington, Oregon, they're bouncing at, at a yesterday if they can get an invite to the Big mm-hmm. Ten or the SEC. It's just, uh, you know, they got to make the best of their situations. And I think BYU's doing that. And maybe, who knows, Utah could be a partner with them in the Big 12 one day. What do you think? Again, like anything's possible right now. It doesn't sound like that's at all what Utah's interested in doing. Uh, but I mean, again, things change. Uh, the situations change right now. Utah doesn't feel like they have to take that option. There could come a day where all of a sudden that is the best option for them. Uh, again, doesn't seem to be the case in the here and now, but I, I mean, the door is kind of open. Uh, there, I really, anything's kind of possible. And I've laid all that out over the summer. I know I made some people really mad, namely <laughs> some BYU people. They didn't like what I had to say. Really? really? I, who was the angry, like not who specifically, but like what was the angriest email or, or DM or tweet you got? I, it was that I finally, after 10 years of being in this business, I made Cougar Board. <laughs> there you go. You made <laughs> So, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, I wasn't trying to be rude or mean or disparaging or anything like that. But, like, I, the, the honest truth is, and, again, this is rumors changed every day. I legitimately had a good source that told me the SEC was looking out west. That changed. That changed, like, maybe a week later. They were like, eh, don't really, don't really care to look into that right now. We're good as we are. So it's just one of those things. There's just a million different pathways that could happen with this whole conference realignment. And to be perfectly honest, BYU is potentially involved in some of that too. It just depends on what these conferences decide they want to do in order to get to the end of the road, whatever that looks like. So it's, just hang in there. It's frustrating. It's irritating. I The one thing I like preaching at this point in time is if someone's saying something super loud, that's most likely not what's happening. Because as we've seen, most of this stuff happens kind of cloak and dagger-ish uh, and, and behind closed curtains and all that kind of stuff. So you know, it's it's the quiet stuff that I would pay attention to, uh, the quiet rumors, more so than what people are saying loudly on Twitter and social media. I, I, I don't know why it tends to be that way, but it tends to be that way. Yeah, conference realignment uh, is is never as cut and dry as social media tends to make it out to be. But I, I do think that it is a thought that like if, if Washington and Oregon – left like what does the pack you know and, and again they we're not going to get into all this here but like you know that that's where i think things get interesting maybe is mm-hmm. as a pack just say you know what we're, we're bouncing we got to make the best of our situation and we could get if we can get you know 42 million a year in tv revenue in the big 12 that's better than you know whatever 28 or i'm throwing out figures randomly here but like that that's where it would become interesting i think but yeah i mean i think for utah you stay in the pack as long as you can while washington and oregon are there and and make the most of the situation because again i think utah could be the best in the pack 10 they already are right now as the defending pack 12 champs and i think for byu their situation the big 12 even baylor's head coach dave aranda said byu is going to be a real problem 
in the Big 12 with Kalani Satake. So it, it will be interesting, but that's still a long way to go, I would imagine, with conference realignment. We got games, though, this week, Michelle, and there's some big ones. Let, let's start off with BYU South Florida real quick because that's not the headliner this week, but it's still a notable game. BYU South Florida, number 25, BYU against South Florida. You can hear the game on KSL News Radio at 2 p.m. Shameless plug, 10 a.m. Extended pregame and a TV pregame on KSL 5 with BYU, Utah, and Alabama. We're going to be all on that. Uh, just, you know, I'll say this BYU game is a little bit tricky. Uh, maybe it's PTSD from BYU losing to UAB uh, because, you know, hey, BYU's dropped some games or two, but uh, your real initial thoughts just uh, of BYU in South Florida. So this is an interesting game for me. So I have a friend from my stallion days that works for USF. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, BYU is a local interest, and, and I, I am. I'm very pro, go state of Utah. I like seeing all the teams do really well. So this one I'm a little torn on because I want my friend to do well. I want his alma mater to do well. But at the same time, you know, I want the state of Utah to look really good like it did last year. Admit so, it, Michelle. You want USF. Just admit it to all the Cougar boarders right now. Admit it. You want USF. I will be happy either way. <laughs> like, like I have pulling points for both sides. I will say this game is very interesting though, because last year USF really took it to the Cougars and I was not expecting that yeah. because they struggled a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And BYU was a really pretty good team last year. So I didn't think it would be as close as it was. And especially considering the time difference and the elevation and, and yet they still hung in there. Uh, they've done some things to revamp their their roster, uh, particularly getting the Baylor quarterback that did end up beating BYU. That's kind of an interesting storyline. Honestly, I still like the Cougars. I think I think they just have a little more depth to them. Uh, I, I think. They just know what they're doing a little bit more. This is still kind of a new thing for USF, and they're still kind of trying to fill their way out and figure out who they're going to be uh, under Coach Jeff Scott. Yes. Uh, so I, I I don't know that they'll get it. Uh, I I think I think I still favor BYU in this game, but I, it's going to be an interesting game. I actually think it's more interesting than people give it credit for. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that this this game is going to be uh, no, it's it's just kind of a tricky game because I think that BYU uh, in the Kalani Satake era has always had a game or two where it's just kind of head scratching. But I think that you know humidity could be a factor. It's going to be kind of muggy. Thunderstorms are in the forecast. The elements are kind of like the focus of this game where it's. USF's personnel is improved. They've overhauled the roster quite a bit with 15 transfer portal players, a lot of which in the power five ranks along the defensive line. So I think they should be more stout in the trenches, but still not good enough to BYU's trench play. And I think ultimately BYU wins. They are favored by 12. I think they win by double digits. I think they ultimately come out on top by about 10 or so. I think BYU wins this game. I'm expecting big things from Jaron Hall too, the quarterback this season, I, I will say, Michelle, I ranked him in our 60 and 60. I put him at number one overall. I put him ahead of Cam Rising. Uh, you can share what if, if you put Cam in front of Jaron. I, I put Jaron number one because I do think uh, he is going to be outstanding this year. I think he could be 
a first round pick good. I mean, I, and I try to be, I try to hold back from those type of conversations, but uh, I, I just think Jaron, his accuracy on the deep ball has improved a lot. He can make those cliche off platform throws. I, I'm expecting big things from Jaron. So I think BYU comes out on top here. Uh, Utah and Florida though, we can talk about cam rising. Of course here, you're going to be in the swamp and I'm so kind of envious here. I won't lie. Cause that's one of the best venues in college football. I got to experience it once in 2014 uh, when they, Florida played LSU in primetime. They had Leonard Fournette. Uh, okay. That was a it was a Saturday game. Two days after BYU played UCF, I made the trip up from Orlando to Gainesville, and it's an incredible experience. Gainesville. What are you? What do you just kind of think of? Maybe just the atmosphere, the SEC country, and maybe just the stage and the setting. That how big of a, a, a game this is for for Utah. I mean, to be perfectly honest, this is probably the biggest season opener for Utah since the 2008 uh, big house trip Uh, and and probably bigger just because everybody kind of knows up front what's on the line. 2008, nobody saw that team coming except for maybe the people inside the building. Uh, You know, Utah just wasn't really anything at that point in time. So uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how they do. They don't typically play a team this big to start the season. The last time they did would be Michigan 2015 when they, they uh, had them up here at Rice Eccles. Uh, but I mean, even that just different, the the circumstances were different. I don't think anybody was talking potential, potential playoffs or PAC 12 championship or, you know, anything like that for Utah. Just, you know, kind of just kind of a great way to open the season. And it ended up being such Uh, this Florida team's interesting. I mean, they are very, very, very talented, maybe a little bit thin at certain positions. Uh, The, the new coaching staff is interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how quickly everybody kind of picks up and gels and, and whatnot. I, you know, I, I don't know what to expect from this Florida team. To be perfectly honest, I expect Utah to be really good. I think Utah will be really good. But exactly how good Florida is going to be, a little bit of a mystery. Uh, it, it's one of those things, and the coaching staff at Utah has even talked about this, you know, just trying to piece together. What did things look like when, you know, uh, the head coach at Florida, uh, Bill Napier, was at his last stop? Because he kind of brought his entire coaching staff from university of Louisiana. Uh, You know, what, what were players doing at their, wherever they were before they came to Florida Uh, and just trying to piece together this game plan. And who knows if it's actually going to end up looking anything like that. So a little air of mystery, of course, the atmosphere, it's, Supposedly one of the loudest venues. I don't doubt that uh, just yeah. because of the size. And I mean, we've talked about this a lot. SEC, like it's not football; it's a religion. Uh, so you know that that's going to be interesting. Utah thankfully plays a little bit later at night, so hopefully the weather's not quite as gnarly as it's going to be for BYU. But it's still not going to be pleasant, I don't think. So. You know, just things to consider. Um, who knows? Utah's favored by two and a half in this game. And I got to say, uh, Diabate, I believe I'm saying that right. I hope so. For Utah's yes. life, for transfer from Florida, he had one of the best lines of Camp Kyle to describe this game. 
Can you please remind us of that line? It was something about visiting like, your ex-wife. Like, yeah, it's like visiting my ex-wife's house. Oh, he, it was such he's a good not line. married, never been married, but like that that was the comparison he pulled out. I, I thought it was just a, a funny line to really add funny. to this game. And and I think I think honestly Utah should should win decisively against Florida. I, I do just because I feel like Florida was still a very average football team. They had to fire Dan Mullen, as you know, to Billy Napier comes in. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback, I still kind of don't know. It's a little bit of a blank canvas still what to know about him. I just think with a game one. Utah should win this decisively. And I kind of wonder too, is this a game where they Utah has to win decisively? Cause I mean, I just feel like Utah's going into a situation in, in uh, cause if you're not one of these iconic blue blood brands, as we know, these TV execs and conference realignments folks love to have, uh, you almost have to go undefeated to get into the playoff. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you feel like, Utah's got to just kind of make a statement in Gainesville or else people are going to say, eh, you barely beat Florida. I think as long as they win, it's probably okay. And especially as if they get better as they go on through the season, I think people are a little more forgiving in the beginning because it's everybody's kind of warming up. Uh, this is a particularly hard road trip uh, to start a season. I will say, though, the more convincing it is, probably the better for them. Uh, You know, just leave no doubt, because that's always kind of been Utah's problem. To a certain degree, that's always been BYU's problem. It's all that cute little team that comes from the state of Utah. We don't know anything about the state of Utah. Do they even play football there? Well, the answer is yes, we do play football here. Uh, We actually like playing more of the Big Ten SEC kind of style football here where it's one in the trenches. We run the ball. Uh, We play more of a big boy style of football out this way than most teams out West. Uh, And so I think just going in and making a statement right off the bat is probably the most helpful for Utah. And and honestly, it's going to be the most helpful for BYU too, because let's not cut any losses about it, BYU potentially has a really big season on the horizon too, if they take care of business. So I really think both of them need to come out, really make a statement. uh, And that's going to kind of open the door from there. I mean, BYU plays a tough enough schedule that's going to draw some interest for people. Utah's schedule is going to be tough enough to also draw interest and respect from people. And especially if you couple that with what both teams did last year, uh, you know, I just go and handle business. I know this is kind of putting it on the spot here. What do you think? Like, Cause this is week one. It's the season um, season prediction for Utah. The 12 and L is a playoff. What do you think? I have said that I really, really want to, kind of get a feel for what this team does over the next couple of weeks. I think they're going to be really good. Them going to the playoff wouldn't surprise me by any means, but I want to see like exactly how they operate and kind of right out of the gate uh, before I start pounding the, they need to be in the playoff thing. I think they can match what they did last year though. I think they can win their conference. I think they can go to the Rose bowl. I think they can win the Rose bowl this year. Uh, just a little more experience, just knowing what to expect, not having to deal with, hopefully knock on wood, the kind of tragedy that they dealt with last year. Um, 
So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I think they repeat what they do last year. Anything else is a bonus. And, and like I said, it's not going to like my world's not going to be rocked if they make it in, in the college football playoff. I think they probably are good enough to do that, but it's just, does it come together for them? And I kind of want to see some stuff before I start making declarations. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I think my, my prediction, I'm, I'm saying Utah USC in the Pac-12 title game. I, th- I think Utah and USC will have a rematch uh, in the Pac-12 title game. I think Utah gets the better end of USC and in, in Salt Lake, and then there's a rematch in the, with that new Pac-12 championship structure, and then we see how it goes. What do you think of BYU real quick? Uh, what do you think, 10 wins again? Back-to-back double-digit win seasons for BYU? Do they make it a third? I, I think they can probably get 10 wins. Uh, I The one thing I would like to challenge them and see, and, and I've talked to a couple of the players, you know, before about this, is try it. And again, this is like such a crapshoot, right? Like you really, this isn't necessarily something you can control, but staying healthy. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously you want to win some of those big games. And I think BYU is more than capable of winning some of those big games. But don't have that come at the cost of losing smaller games that you should win towards the end of the season, if that makes sense. And I think that was really the biggest problem last year. They gave it everything they had, those first couple of games that were harder. And yes, they, I mean, they absolutely, they own the Pac-12. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to say that they didn't. Uh, you know, they they went 5-0 and against them. But it kind of, it came at a pretty high cost. And so... You know, how do you manage that through a season, making sure that, you know, you win some impressive games to keep people interested in you, uh, but you don't start losing games that like everybody kind of expects you to win because you won these harder games. Uh, I don't I I if I knew, then I would be coaching and I would be making those buku bucks. But I, I don't know the secret. I just hope that they can kind of figure it out from learning from last year. Oh, come on. You make the buku bucks at KSL now. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's quite a coach. It's a, it's good money, but it's not quite coach's money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, safe to say, safe to say. Uh, I'll, I'll say nine and three for BYU. I think they got okay. three losses to, uh, to Oregon. I'm going to say they lose to Oregon. My co-host on the radio, Matt Biamonte, thinks I'm crazy for saying that, but I like Oregon's defense a lot. I think they'll give BYU headaches. I think Notre Dame, they lose to, I think they lose to Boise State on the blue. I'll oh, say that. Really? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a rivalry game. Weird things yeah. happen. I I can appreciate that. Yeah, blue t- road game. You know, BYU could be maybe injured in November. It's a November game. Last mm-hmm. time BYU and Boise will play. Boise's going to want to send BYU to the Big Twelve with a big L. I could. I, I, they beat them last year too. I mean, so right. I thought Boise will kind of have a maybe a bounce back this year, and that place is still always always tough to win at, and. You know what's else going to be tough to win is this uh, pick'em challenge as we wrap up the show. Here. <laughs> so let's just go rapid fire here. We'll go through the picks. We've already went through BYU and USF. Both of us saying the Cougs. We both got the Utes in the swamp taking down Florida. How about Utah State, Bama? It's safe to say the Tide. I mean, God bless Brent and or <laughs> Coach Anderson, but that it's the Crimson Tide. Like, come on. Yeah. You know this one. I want to believe so hard because nobody believed in Utah. No one thought that they could do it, and yet they did it. it and so that tells me there's a chance. I just don't. First game out of the gate, 
I, I, I don't know that Utah State has quite that firing power. So I'm going to go Alabama Crimson Tide on that. Yeah. Yeah, Tuscaloosa, they'll be there. They'll be a cool setting. Uh, you know, they they had a little bit of struggles with UConn in week zero, but uh, they think they're going to uh, have to take an L from uh, the old Crimson Tide. No shame in that. Uh, if they can score some points against Alabama, more power to them. Again, we'll go through some of these quick here. Uh, backyard Brawl, West Virginia at Pitt Thursday night. Quick pick. Mm, I'm going to go Pitt. Okay, I will go West Virginia on this one. I think I'm going to, I'm going to go with the upset. How about this one? TCU, Colorado, Friday night. Oh, TCU. I will go Colorado on this one. I'm going to, say, I'm going to go different here from you because I think TCU is going to be a team that could be a sleeper in the Big 12. I'll say Colorado with Carl Durrell. They'll pull off some upset that maybe cools the seat a little bit for him. I think he takes a step back. I'm just going to call for an upset. First game for Sonny Dykes, TCU. Something weird could happen. And go with a little more stability. It's on the road. I'll call an off uh, out of out of the box upset. I'll call it. I'll say Colorado. Uh, number eleven Oregon at number three Georgia in Atlanta. It's gonna be uh, tough for the Ducks. Yeah, I I would love to say that the Ducks pull it out. I mean, they pulled it out against Ohio State, and nobody thought that they could do that last year. I just I think this Georgia team's too good. Yeah, Georgia's defense. So. Uh, still going to be outstanding in the front, in the trenches, even after all, like they lost 14 guys, to the NFL, I'm still going to go with uh, Georgia and Dan Lanning. He knows Georgia. Well, he was the DC there, but uh, too much to handle there. Rice at USC, the debut of Lincoln Riley. I think USC, I think they take off. I think they're, they're lo- only lost this year. In my opinion, I'm going to go bold. I say they go 11 and one, the one loss is oh. to Utah. Uh, I think, I think USC wins this game and they, they, make a huge statement right out of the gates with this offense. What do you say? Yeah, it, it it's hard for me to believe that this USC team, I mean, they were not great last year. There's been a lot of turnover. The coaching staff's new, blah, blah, blah. I just, I find it very hard to believe that they'd lay an egg this first game. Number 23, Cincinnati at number 19, Arkansas. What say you, Michelle? Mm, I will go Arkansas. Okay. I will say, you know, I'll go Big 12 pride here, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll say I'll say the Bearcats. Go Bearcats. Or Bears. no. Bearcats, yeah. They're, they're yeah, Bearcats. they are Bearcats. Luke Fickle's a heck of a coach. I mean, I, I think he's one of the maybe 10 best coaches in college football, maybe five. I mean, he's but he's, he's very there. underrated. He's yeah. done a fantastic job up Him there. and like Kyle Whittingham are like this, these tough as nails coaches. They're just underrated. Wits, I think, getting more appreciated over time, especially now that he got the championship. But uh, Fickle, I mean, he went to a playoff, for goodness sake. The guy mm-hmm. is is really good. Uh, number five, Notre Dame. Or let's have about this one. Florida State LSU on Sunday night in the Superdome. I'm going with the Bayou Bengals. I think Brian Kelly is going to do a heck of a job with LSU. Uh, what do you think on this one? I, where it's kind of more of a home game for LSU, I, I not that it's terribly far to travel from Tallahassee, but I, I kind of think LSU myself as well. Yeah, and last one as we wrap this thing up, number five, Notre Dame at number two, Ohio State. I'm going to go with the Buckeyes. I, I thought they – I was incredibly impressed by them last year. I mean, they were legit good. Defense was a little lacking, I think you know, pro- probably youth, kind of like Utah, uh, just hadn't seen a whole lot. 
Uh, I expect them to be better on that end. Uh, and I like Holly. I, I appreciate Holly Rose's opinion, and she thinks that they win the title this year. So I think I'm going to go Ohio State. Was Ohio State the best offense you've ever seen in person? Probably. It, it's either that team or um, like the 2014 Oregon Ducks with yeah. Marcus Mariota was yeah. very impressive too. Yeah, I was wondering because it's like even you know you Ohio State. I know they had like twenty five scholarship guys gone, but like Jackson Smith and Jigba was their third string receiver. Like what? Now he's like one of the five best players. Just stupid. The people that they can pull out from their bench. I mean, impressive, impressive talent. Very impressed by them, and that that's why I think Ohio State's going to roll. I think they're going to honestly crush Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame struggled with Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl with Marcus Freeman. I think Ryan Day, and it seems like Ohio State's really ticked. Like they are upset mm-hmm. the way that they lost to Michigan and didn't win the Big Ten. They just seem angry this year. This is kind of like a revenge tour <laughs> for them. So I'm going to go with the Buckeyes to get it done. But uh, that's our picks. Uh, lots on the line uh, where we could uh, be publicly shamed potentially at the end of the year. So uh, uh, smack that thumbs up on the YouTube channel or the likes, the reactions on Facebook, and also the, also the retweets and likes on Twitter, but uh, Michelle, this was a lot of fun and we'll, we'll do this every single Tuesday here at noon. Yeah, no, I, I like this. This was, this was Mitch's idea. This was Mitch's idea. And I said, hell yeah, let's do it. So, uh, way to go, Mitch. Way, way to, way to use that noggin. That's right. (laughs) Always using that noggin. I am. And, uh, we'll continue to pour out our noggins on the, uh, kslsports.com website, the app, uh, KSL Sports Zone. Michelle will be on there on the Saturday show. Uh, KSL News Radio, myself, and then this Saturday, uh, KSL Five TV will be on TV at 10 a.m. Getting you ready for all the action this weekend here in the market. So we will catch you then, and we'll talk to you next week here on the Rival Insiders. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.